1: It was more than sex, but the orgasm nailed it.
0: (laughs) Well, enough said.
1: How could you go back to that? Mary, Queen of (laughs) Orgasm.
0: (laughs) Now, listen, now that's someone I'll pray to. Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks update the employee manual with a decidedly more apt minimum wage mantra, quote, if you have time to lean, you have time to preen, end quote. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2 LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer, Oh boy, that one took me back. Let's front load. I was such an inconsistent barista. And I'm sorry to certain people and I'm not sorry to others. My problem was I always had something better to do than your minimum wage riffraff mopping. Which from a manager's perspective is not ideal. But I was the one who in between serving customers was writing song lyrics onto napkins, uh, was writing call sheets for the improvised web musical that I was working on. I always had five projects and the project I was trying to offload was the only one that was paying me. Uh, So could I pull a good shot of espresso and give you a sweet little latte? Absolutely. Uh, 90% of the time, but I certainly never cleaned when I had time to lean. When I had time to lean, I had time to draft a screenplay about a British teenage pop group. And so unrolled uh, my life path to here. Uh, Being in front of a microphone alone, shouting out into the void, maybe to you. Maybe to you listening and saying, who's laughing now? Who's... (laughs) who's penniless now you seven-figure joker huh how about that i truly have had so many jobs but no job has been as exciting as this one getting to talk to you getting to uh, spread the queer agenda patriotically if you will and i mean that in a truly podcasters without borders universe let's move on i'm already losing my breath my guest today is Leslie Lee Cam. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think I say that a lot lately because I truly do have the time of my life talking to these people and sharing these stories with you. But Leslie is a force. Leslie is such a storyteller. It's in her bones. You can hear it. I could have spoken to her for hours. Leslie is the kind of person where you say, What do you want? What are you drinking? I don't care if it's not alcohol. Just tell me you want an ice cream sundae. That's fine. I'll go get it and bring it to you. And while you're working on it, you just talk. And I'm going to sit down here at your feet uh, and just soak it in and just hear how to craft a narrative because she's a good time. She's a good time. If you don't already know about Leslie, shame on you. Uh, soon you will, so let's go to the bio from her website and learn a bit more about Leslie Lee Cam. She is a world-majority, brown, Trini, carib, indo, chinese, Kalaloo, queer, dyke. Dyke is in all caps in her bio. Differently-abled community activist elder. All of these things and more, and good for you. Hey, word count, keep on walking. Leslie's got something to say, and maybe it requires... 10 to 15 commas, who's to judge? Leslie is a 2s LGBTQIA+ plus awareness consultant and workshop facilitator whose work focuses on the issues affecting 2s LGBTQIA+ plus seniors and older adults and the barriers they are forced to overcome on a daily basis, so important. Seniors and older adults have disproportionately faced a ton of barriers during this strange lockdown period. And this work is super important. Leslie shares her lived experience of queerness, age, race, ability, and sexuality with openness and vulnerability, and lives her life from an anti oppression, anti racism, Anti colonial, intergenerational, and intersectional perspective. What I think we're all working towards. So, just another reason to put a mic in her very capable hands. Her work has been highlighted in the anthologies Marvelous Grounds and Any Other Way. Any Other Way is so good. So good, you can find it online. Don't buy it on Amazon. Do not put that money in the hands of one Jeff Bezos, but at your local bookseller potentially local queer bookseller. Leslie's message. Leslie wants you, Canada, and the world to acknowledge that queer seniors exist. They do. Leslie is one of them. Leslie is a boss. Uh, Listen to Leslie. She's a storyteller, actor, and connector. She loves, fun fact, dim sum, doubles, dancing, soca, and a Trini lime. Anytime. Fun fact I just heard (laughs) the term lime used the other day because I have some family that's Antiguan. And we called, my brother and I called to talk to some of them. And my aunt said, Your cousin can't talk to you because she was Lyman the other night and she's a little bit hungover. So, sounds like Leslie can handle her Lyman a little better than my cousin can. No shade, if you're listening, no shade. You know I have enormous respect for you. Who might it talk? Please. I couldn't lime past 9 p.m. Anyway, Leslie can, Leslie does, Leslie will. So, Buckle up, sit down, get her a sundae or whatever the hell she wants. And please enjoy my conversation with the one, the only, the Lyman, Leslie Lee Cam. You made me queer. So I'll, I'll say too, the first thing, there's no silver lining to... Uh, All of the COVID restrictions and, you know, not getting to be with people. But one of the interesting things is when we do this over Zoom, we get to peek into each other's homes. Uh which is really nice. So I'm not giving you much. I have a a drop cloth behind me.
1: Yeah, you're cheating. (laughs) I know. I'm so
0: sorry. It's the mysteries out there. But your what I can see, Leslie, of your home. It is the brightest, most colorful (laughs) home I have ever seen.
1: (laughs) You want to know why?
0: Tell me everything.
1: So the reason why my place is so colorful. So it's lavender and mint green. Because in Trinidad, we paint our houses outside. Yes. So... I have seen the most outrageously bright colors in Trinidad that I haven't seen in any paint store here in Toronto. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So I brought my I brought my Trini colors inside.
0: I'm so glad you did. I mean, especially in a country where in Canada, where so much of the year is cold and we're stuck inside what what are we doing with white walls?
1: Yeah, I know. Beige,
0: yeah, gray, what
1: brown. <laughs>
0: and even outside, I mean, I've, I lived, a, I was living in Tokyo for quite a while, and buildings are really colorful there in a lot of places. And Toronto was so brown and gray, Leslie.
1: Yep. It is.
0: Can you take that uh, lilac and mint paint can and start painting outside (laughs) just down the street too?
1: (laughs) So my, my railing, my wrought iron railing on my porch is Mm. lavender. And one, one of my next door neighbors said to me, uh, why didn't you consult with me? Because that color is so loud. And I said, oh, I haven't heard it saying anything to me. (laughs) And, you know, like, this is my home, so I could paint it whatever color I want.
0: (laughs) Isn't that wild? Like, on what grounds would you ask a neighbor what color you paint your own house?
1: Exactly.
0: But you're saying, like, as well, in Trinidad, that's standard. Like, if you don't paint your house something colorful, people would say, what's wrong?
1: (laughs) Well, in all of the Caribbean, and I noticed because I have flown to belize and saint lucia and in flying over the uh the islands i've noticed that some people paint their roofs oh wow and the the roofs down there are corrugated uh iron yeah so the so the rain water can run off so they're painted the corrugated iron different colors.
0: No one can see that probably from the ground. So no. is that just for the folks in the airplane like you?
1: Well, it's a, it's a style. It's a fashion thing that people do. I love it. Yeah.
0: I've In my defense, Leslie, I've recently moved here. And so I haven't had time. It's a new apartment. So, okay. so if you see, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You just wait.
1: Uh, when you say you moved this, did you move to Toronto or? No, I moved to Toronto
0: just before uh, Yield COVID started. But I moved to this apartment uh, February 1st,
1: I think. Okay. So you haven't yeah. been here for Caravan? A
0: long time ago in the past. I'm a pretty nomadic fellow. Um so I've seen Carabana. I think it wasn't called Carabana the last time I went or it was called Carabana and now it's not.
1: Well, we still call it Carabana.
0: OK, It
1: it's called uh, something carnival. But we those of us who have known it as Carabana call it Carabana.
0: That's the name I grew up with.
1: Yeah. So Carabana came out of carnival in trinidad and tobago
0: amazing yeah so so for so yeah. folks who don't know what does that festival include
1: so it's it's um it's the main two days of celebration are the two days before ash wednesday but leading up to that we have a month of celebrating uh calypso contests steel pan contest yes and then on the Saturday and Sunday there's the king of the bands and the queen of the bands competitions and I actually grew up in what's called a mosque camp one of my father was a band leader in Trinidad oh no way so yeah so I grew up surrounded by color and costumes and uh, you know and I also played what's called kiddie carnival, which is a junior carnival.
0: Oh, yeah. Were you a band leader in the junior carnival?
1: No, I was uh, what's called a character.
0: Oh, what's that?
1: So what they do is they have like a miniature version of the big bands of the adult bands. Yeah, they dress children in a miniature version of those costumes. And in each band, there's a king and queen but then there's individuals who are like lower down on the ladder from the kings and queens.
0: Okay, so you were somewhere on that ladder?
1: Yeah, so they replicate that with children. They do it here too in Toronto. So there's like there's a kiddies carnival in Toronto now.
0: That sounds so fun. I was such a wild little kid. I would have needed an outlet like that. But were (laughs) you always a ham? Like, did you love that kind of expression?
1: Um, It wasn't fun then because it was a thing that the big band leaders did. So there there are the big bands and then there are medium-sized and small bands. Okay. So the big bands had the... Children's Carnival. Ah, I got so it. So because I was the child of one of the band leaders, I was part of that kiddies carnival.
0: Right. You just got uh, sucked in. You couldn't say no because your dad was big band royalty.
1: Yes. And you tr- <laughs> you travel. So leading up to the, the two days of actual moss on the road, there are different competitions throughout the whole island where you travel.
0: Oh, my gosh. You,
1: so you're... So you're taken to all these different competitions. So it's sort of like a precursor. If the kiddies carnival, if you win prizes in these competitions, then it means the adult band is probably going to win the competition.
0: So there's a lot of pressure. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, here I was picturing this fun party, but it sounds like especially in your position, Uh, you, well, you had to live up to the, the family reputation.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay. So maybe this is the perfect segue, Leslie, before we get too deep, I'm going to let you dial back because as children, we have adult tasks thrust upon us. Mm. So we have these sweet little sponge-like brains where we're still kind of figuring out what's too hot to touch or what's too sharp (laughs) to eat or things like that. Um, and so we don't know what we're getting into. And now we know, looking back, of course, that so many of those things we touched and ate were making us queer. Uh, (laughs) People did not know that at one point. But now we know. And now we're adults. We have headphones. We have microphones. So what I'm inviting you to do, Leslie, is now with me to point the finger of blame, looking back, who and or what made you queer?
1: So when, uh, when you originally asked me that question, <laughs> and I, I got that question a lot when I first came out, mm-hmm. the nuns, the nuns.
0: <laughs> oh my God, yes.
1: The nuns of the Order of the Sisters of Joseph of Clooney. Good old Irish white nuns.
0: That is a made... <laughs> long name for a group of nuns.
1: <laughs> they made me queer. <laughs> okay so
0: so where did you meet these nuns
1: So I'll start by saying I'm a Catholic in recovery. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I was in a convent for five years. That's how I met the nuns.
0: Were you training to become a nun yourself?
1: No, it's um, in Trinidad. uh, There are convent schools that are private schools. And so those are run by nuns. And then there are colleges that are run by priests. Everybody's Catholic. Right, right, right. So and in order to get into these schools, you either had to have money or you had to win a scholarship. Oh, so or we win didn't... a big
0: band competition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that didn't carry money. No, oh, no. <laughs>
0: Just prestige.
1: Yes. So, okay, so... I, I, I won a scholarship in order to get into this convent.
0: Fantastic. Well done.
1: And I didn't know what racism was back then, but I did find out that I was in the right color. The nuns did not like Yeah, me. you know,
0: you know who could teach you about racism? White nuns. Exactly. <laughs> oh no. So but are you saying too because I mean the the nuns were all immigrants who would come from, I'm guessing like Western Europe or Canada or where were the nuns from?
1: Oh the nuns were from Ireland. Ireland, okay. Yes. The nuns the I would say We There were only two nuns who were from Trinidad, Mm -hmm. and they were both brown. They were Indo, descended from indentured laborers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that my mother knew one of those brown nuns. Oh. And I also didn't know that my mother had had a conversation with her prior to me going to school on my very first day in the convent.
0: Was she supposed to keep an eye on you?
1: Well, she came to me and she said to me, my name is Sister Lucia, uh-huh. and I went to school with your mother, and I am going to keep an eye on you.
0: Uh-oh. Oh.
1: And then I found out her nickname was Sister Lucifer. No, no, why? <laughs> oh, no. Because she used to terrorize those of us who were not white or Chinese. Really? Meanwhile, she was brown like me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say she was Indo. So what's that about?
1: Exactly. So it tells you, right? Internalized You know, you learn these things as you become an adult. You have no clue when you're 11 years old what's going on.
0: No, you're just trying to please the people around you and look cute and maybe steal an extra cookie. Yes. That's all you care about. So was this a boarding school?
1: uh part of it was a boarding but i was a day student
0: okay yeah so so pretty much straight out of the gate you have sister lucifer with her eyes on you <laughs>
1: Yes. so
0: that sounds really stressful okay and where do we go from there
1: so then so that was sort of i didn't realize that was part of my psyche growing up mm. and uh oh, are
0: we leaving the convent already well I have more questions about <laughs> oh
1: well I could tell you more about the the things okay so part of why I say the nuns made me queer was mm-hmm. because in retrospect I realized the person that I was at 11 was a rebel
0: Oh, okay. and, I, and that's the age you went to the convent?
1: Yeah, from the okay. age of 11 until the age of 16.
0: Wow, that's a pivotal time.
1: Yes. So I grew up with three brothers and my father because my mother left us when I was 10. Mm. So I was left to be raised by my father with my three brothers. Okay. And growing up, I was always what was called a tomboy Mm -hmm. because I didn't like dresses and I used to get my brother's clothes they were a lot more comfortable to wear (laughs) yeah I bet and I love pockets to this day I will not wear anything unless there are pockets isn't
0: that insane like of all the things we've gendered (laughs) in the world for no reason why pockets
1: yeah why do guys get pockets and and girls don't
0: Isn't that is that because um, women aren't going out in the world, the people imagine they're staying in the home. So what do you need pockets for? You've got everything in the kitchen or something like that. Well,
1: I think part of it has to do with when you look at Victorian fashion, Mm -hmm. women always had a purse of some kind to carry things. Right. But men didn't have as much stuff to carry. So the pockets carried whatever little bits of stuff that they had.
0: Right. Like uh, tobacco or. <laughs>
1: yeah. what you know, I don't know.
0: What else do you have? There's
1: the essentials <laughs> with pockets. Yeah. So.
0: Mustache cream. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was used <laughs> to having pockets. Yes. So going to a convent, you had to wear a uniform. <gasps> oh, and it had no pockets. So they gave you the specifications of how the skirts and the blouses were supposed to be made. <sighs> and my, my other mother was a seamstress. Okay. So we couldn't afford to go and buy the uniforms from the store. So my other mother made my uniform for me.
0: When you say other mother, is that like a stepmother?
1: Um, She sort of, uh, she was my parents' best friend.
0: Okay. She kind of stepped so- in.
1: So she stepped in to help out. Mm-hmm. And so when when she said that she would make my skirts for me, we were allowed two skirts. I said find a way of putting pockets into <gasps> the skirt.
0: You were a rebel, so you had <laughs> secret
1: pockets. <laughs> I had I had we we were allowed to have one pocket on our blouse. Oh my god. And that was it.
0: Right. Right. A pocket right where people can see them. Right. Yeah. No secrets.
1: Yes. And the only thing you could carry in that pocket was a white handkerchief. Oh,
0: come on. So you had secret pockets in your skirt. So what did you put in there?
1: Oh, well, all kind. Ca- well, chewing gum, which was <gasps> not allowed. <laughs> so forbidden. <laughs> and a ballpoint pen.
0: Was that you were pencil school only?
1: Well, no, back then we were using fountain pens. Okay. This is like I'm 68 years old. This is going <laughs> <Yeah>. way back.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <So> Noah. Uh... <laughs> okay. So
1: you actually had little little containers of ink built mm. into your desk with a fountain pen that you would dip in.
0: Right. But you were like, I don't have time to dip my quill. I need to get a ballpoint <laughs> pen. You're a woman on the go. So
1: my <laughs> mother was living in Toronto by then. Mm. And she was sending us things that were modern from yes. here, right? Yes. We here we were the most so we had moved from the the nib in the ink to um those pens with the little built-in ink, capsules, Mm -hmm. fountain pens. Mm -hmm. But my mother discovered ballpoint pens in Toronto. So she sent them to us.
0: You think it would be perfectly harmless? Well, (laughs) let
1: me tell you, I'm lucky, as I say, to have knuckles and (laughs) kneecaps.
0: Why? (laughs) Oh, because they,
1: they, oh no. You know the ruler with the metal edge? Yes. Yes.
0: So you got caught.
1: I got caught with the ballpoint pens. I got caught with the pockets. I got caught with the skirt being too long.
0: <laughs> Wait, you I know people get in trouble for too short but too long.
1: Yeah. <laughs> why, why what's, what's wrong with that? Well, the skirt had to have a certain amount of volume to hide the pockets.
0: Okay, yeah, but why don't the, don't the nuns want you to have the, a super long skirt so you're nice and modest?
1: Oh, no. And and this is all oh, talking about modesty. The other thing was we had to wear white shoes. Oh, gosh. And you could not wear black patent leather shoes because men could see the reflection of your underwear.
0: Oh, that's why the shoes were white. Yes. Oh, my and God. We,
1: and we were not allowed to wear panties. We had to wear bloomers.
0: Oh and like big all big frilly numbers
1: with no with the elastic drawstring and so oh, you can yeah. imagine you're in a hundred degree <laughs> well now now it's Celsius so mm. 30, 36 degree weather with a, a skirt and then these bloomers and then you're underwear
0: just because those dumb men can't mind their own business yes. Oh so God.
1: what what the nuns didn't know was I was not wearing the bloomers. I was wearing <laughs> short shorts.
0: <laughs> my, so any rule you could break. So as soon
1: as I got out of the convent gates, because I rode a bike to school, mm-hmm. as soon as I was two blocks away from the school, I took the skirt off and I was already wearing my shorts. Yes,
0: of course. So practical. That's why you had pockets. <laughs> I mean, come on. So they would they would catch you and was the sister sister Lucifer catching you or just All, yeah, sort of she, nuns at large?
1: No, she was the the main culprit. Yeah. Right. She was sort of the um the enforcement right. of the nuns. The the white nuns didn't enforce, she was the enforcer. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's a deep complicated cut to do that. Um, Man, so an 11 to 16 is quite an interesting age because you are leaving childhood on your way really to adulthood, especially when you're being subjected to punishment like that. So Mm -hmm. were you kind of starting to notice uh, your classmates when we sort of reference back to queerness or what was happening there?
1: Well, there was one uh, girl in particular who really appealed to me.
0: Okay. Can we get a name?
1: Her name is Pearl. Pearl. She'll never hear this. So I'll tell you. Oh, her Pearl. Ra- Pearl. Yes.
0: Pearl. If you're listening, great name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Pearl, Pearl sat in front of me. So you know how back you'd hear about boys pulling girls' pigtails and that meant that they liked them? Yeah. So I used to pull her because we all had uh, plaits like okay. braids. Yeah, yeah. So my my hair was braided into two long pigtails. My hair was down to my waist, but it was braided, and so this is how we, this is how we were supposed to wear our hair.
0: Okay, everything was very regimented.
1: Uh, very much so, and I was told that because I had failed math algebra and geometry i was good at arithmetic but i wasn't good at algebra and geometry who needs it (laughs) well have you
0: ever used it since (laughs) exactly so
1: this is what i was told (laughs) they put me into a different stream because that meant i would be streamed to become a wife
0: oh no this is what i
1: was told yes
0: so because you couldn't do algebra They thought, well, let's just get you married off.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, no. (laughs) That was the next best thing. Oh, my
0: God. Okay, so so what does that mean? What kind of classes did you take instead?
1: Oh, home ec. So cooking.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Cooking.
1: I couldn't draw. I was supposed to learn art, which I, oh. I still can't draw to see is that my a, life. Is that a
0: wifely duty? To <laughs> it's sit a there very and... wife
1: wifely thing to do. Oh, okay. And I was suppo- supposed to learn uh, the Bible.
0: Oh, great. Fantastic. Because
1: that would take care of my soul so I could go to heaven.
0: Right. So cooking, but, portraiture, and heaven.
1: <laughs> yes, Okay. And, and because I was such a rebel, I was always in penance. So, yeah, those of us who behave badly was we were given penance.
0: I know penance from uh, going to confession as a child. And for folks who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you if you committed such and such sin, some Catholic adult in your sphere will tell you, okay, to offset this, you have to say this prayer 10 times or do this or something to kind of atone. Is that right? Well,
1: usually you go to confession every Mm -hmm. week and You say, uh, bless me Father, for I have sinned. I have done this, that, and the other. And then you get if it if it was really if it was really Put bad
0: pockets in my clothes.
1: <laughs> exactly. You'd have to say the whole rosary or you'd have to oh, say gosh. so many our fathers or Hail Mary's. My gosh. But when they found out about my pockets, they, I don't they never found out about the shorts. Oh um, well done. I was so they would call your name out on the public announcement system (gasps) to further shame you. Oh, no. So the whole school would hear who had behaved badly and who was getting penance.
0: And would they say what your sin was?
1: No, they didn't say what just your name so it got to the point where the sister lucifer came to me and said because you're going to be getting penance every week we're just not going to bother to call your name out just oh make sure God. you come to the penance room at this time every week
0: they're, they're like we're not even gonna waste our breath just just tell everyone in the school assume leslie has sinned this week and yeah. leslie will be in the penance room <laughs> even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba
1: life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: And now back to more You Made Me Queer.
1: So I, I told my father why I was getting penance. And he says, I can't, you know, this is not something that's going to affect your life moving forward. Yeah, correct.
0: But so you're in this. Yeah. You're in this penance room. Was Pearl in the penance room?
1: Pearl never got penance.
0: Ah, oh, come on, Pearl. <laughs> Little goody two shoes, huh? Yeah. Oh.
1: But so and so I was going to say so in retrospect, I, I didn't know what a crush was back then. Yeah. But. When I was in primary school, there was Miss Joseph, who was one of my teachers, who I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I would always take her little presents from home. Oh,
0: like, for example?
1: Uh, like candy or a chocolate bar. Oh. And she was always nice to me. And she would, you know, give me like extra tutoring.
0: So things were going so well for you at your previous yeah, it- school.
1: Yeah, it didn't register what was happening. And then there was pull when I was in secondary school. And then when I came here, so my parents were separated. And the Mm -hmm. agreement was when I finished high school, my mother was already living in Toronto. I would have to come and live with her.
0: Mm, Okay. And so this was straight out of the convent.
1: Straight out of the convent into a classroom with boys.
0: And you spent your whole life living uh in Trinidad and going to a Catholic girls' school and then suddenly in Toronto.
1: Yeah. So all of our schools back then were segregated, it was yeah. boys' schools and girls' schools. So okay. it was a culture shock, number one, coming to this country where mm-hmm. nobody looked like me. Mm-hmm. This was in 1970. And back then, if you were not white, you were black.
0: Right. There was no nuance to it.
1: Nothing. There was no Chinese, no uh, South Asian, no brown, no nothing.
0: Right. And they would just so the sort of the white majority would just assume we have a culture. And then everyone who's not us probably just has the same culture. Uh, No accommodation. No, no nothing. Nothing. Got it. So
1: I, I get to this high school, Northern Secondary at Mount Pleasant in Eglinton. Okay. And when I finished the convent in Trinidad, I left with the equivalent of grade 12. Mm -hmm. When you come to this country from another country, your grades are given to the Ministry of Education in any province you go into. And they decide then what level you're going to be entering high school.
0: Oh man. And I'm sure at the time there were. it was such a raw, rough system. So whoever happened to make that decision could choose whatever they wanted for you.
1: Yeah. So I went from the equivalent of grade 12 and I should have been going into grade 13 because it was grade 13 back then. They put me into grade 10. Come on.
0: Yeah. And how old were you at this point?
1: I was 16.
0: Oh my God.
1: So they said I was too young to be in grade 13. And I didn't have math.
0: <laughs> oh, not math again. So
1: again, I get into this whole stream, the stream of home Yeah. I wanted to do sh- I wanted to do shop, and they yes. said no.
0: Right, because girls could not do shop.
1: Girls don't do shop. And then there was another teacher that I liked, and she liked me. And I was getting excellent grades because our focus in the Caribbean and many countries of color is education is the most important thing.
0: Right. Absolutely. And what did this teacher teach that that you cozied up to?
1: Uh, English. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I aced all of my classes. Because my focus was on education, but I kept noticing that the kids in the class could care less about education especially the boys. So they started calling me names like um. Browner, Browner and Brownos. And I thought, well, this is great that they finally noticed that I'm brown.
0: <laughs> you were like, thank you so much. Yeah,
1: but they were making <laughs> uh, fun of my accent, the way that I spoke. Right. So in order for me to not have them constantly harassing me, I became a comedian.
0: Yeah, hey, I know that well. That's this the survival mechanism, right?
1: Yeah. So I said, you know, this is the first time I'm wearing shoes. I used to live in a tree because this is what they used to say to me. Oh, right. you're a savage. You probably used to live in a tree. And I said, Yeah, I did. I used to live in a tree. <laughs> right. I, I, I I didn't know anything about, you know, these things that turn water on. And yeah, I used I used to wear loincloth like Tarzan and <laughs>
0: hundred percent yeah it's like why even bother if you're going to come to me with such uneducated stereotypes I'm gonna call your bluff. Yes well done. so
1: <laughs> so then this this English teacher sort of took me under her wing mm-hmm. And then when I started hearing browner and brown nose I I thought this is great until somebody explained what brown nose meant.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, you had your nose so far up the teachers behind. Yes. That it was.
0: (laughs) Yes. So you just couldn't catch a break because then even, you know, you were ostracized for being new, but then also for being a good student in a school of people who weren't trying very hard. Mm -hmm. So did that, I mean, you sound pretty resilient, but that must have been hard.
1: It was. It was hard. But in the back of my mind, it was always. It, it never was on the surface, but there was always like I felt like there was this attraction to girls and 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 to strong, strong women.
0: Did you know, did that feel sexual at the time or did it just feel like role models?
1: Um, it felt different, but I wasn't sure what it was.
0: Right. Like, did you have any template? Was there anyone growing up in Trinidad who, you know, liked someone of the same gender?
1: Well, there was talk about it. What, what was interesting was with my father's bands, when the artists that they used to design the costumes mm-hmm. were, were gay men, and we knew what gay men were.
0: You just didn't talk about it, really?
1: No, they were just, they were accepted. They were part of our family. They were part of, you know, who we were in Trinidad. Like All the yes. designers were gay, yes. gay men. But nobody ever talked about women who liked women. They talked about these men who like men.
0: Oh, so you kind of thought, oh, this is a thing that can happen to men. To men. But, yeah. you know,
1: but I, I knew of women in my family, like aunts who lived with a friend.
0: Yes, your friend.
1: Who was another <laughs> auntie, because you call your, your parents' friends auntie and uncle. Yeah. Yeah, but it never registered.
0: So it just looked like they were best buds.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who,
0: for some reason, only have one big queen bed. (laughs)
1: Exactly, but you were never, you were never allowed past the living room.
0: Oh, I gotcha. Because you were a kid with candy all over your hands. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) totally. But
1: but what was interesting when I came here, my mother was working for the University of Toronto. Oh, great. And two of her best friends were gay Filipino men. Okay. So again, it was, you know, gay men. But to me, in my head, there were no gay women.
0: So when did that switch flip?
1: Well, that happened when I started university. A friend of a friend in Trinidad came for a holiday. And because we had known each other just vaguely from Trinidad, I offered to show her around and you know we went to different places and then she decided to come back to her family decided she would go to Ryerson. okay and and then we became friends and she was very physically affectionate and I kept at that point I had a boyfriend. I was already in university, oh. my first year of university. Oh my gosh. But she, you know, she was always hugging me and touching me and kissing me on the cheek. And I kept saying, like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. I, I. Interesting.
0: Have... Wow. So you were kind of like avoidant of it. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, and then, uh, one night we were at a party and I had just broken up with my current boyfriend. Oh. Who turns out that his sister, was my friend's best friend
0: oh wow so a, d- a c- closed loop there
1: another Trini, yeah
0: oh, okay but that that girl was in trinidad still or toronto
1: uh she was in trinidad okay got him so we will call my friend Mary.
0: <laughs> yes, for podcast listeners, Leslie just did air quotes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, so this is an alias. Pearl is Pearl, yeah. but Mary is quote. Mary, Mary. yeah, Mary. <laughs> so
1: so now we're in first year university. Mm-hmm. She's at Ryzen and I'm at York.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh great. And
1: I and I've just broken up with this guy.
0: This is her big chance.
1: And we go to this uh, Trini party. Okay. And he is harassing me and saying, Oh, let's get back together. I'm saying, Just leave me alone. And at this point, it's a long weekend in the summer. And my mother has gone to visit some friends of hers somewhere outside of Toronto.
0: Oh, so you're newly single and home alone. (laughs)
1: And my (laughs) brother, my brother is a junior forest ranger. So he's up at Parry Sound in the provincial park. Awesome! So it's just Mary and I. (laughs) And back then anybody could dance with anybody at a Trini party.
0: Okay. So it was exclusively like mainly like Trini folks at this party and Trini music, maybe.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so... (laughs) I was fed up of this ex-boyfriend bothering me so I said to Mary let's So Mary was staying over for the weekend at your house. Mary had be- Yeah, Mary oh, had boy. become a friend of the family. We were in an apartment. The party was on one floor of the apartment building. We were on another floor. Yes. So Mary and I left and we went back to my home. My apartment. Uh-huh. Mary had Mary was staying in my brother's bedroom. Okay. And so I go to my bedroom, I say, good night, Mary. And I get into my room and then Mary comes in. And Mary says, Can I tuck you in? oh come on come on with that line i said (laughs) why why do you want to tuck me in oh my god and mary says oh well you know it's kind of lonely in that other room by myself can i just come in and tuck you in so i said i I, no, i don't want you to tuck me in so she says well (laughs) i'll i'll just uh I just put the sheets around you. I said, it's "Summer." I don't want any sheets. Yeah, on Mary, me. drop
0: the act. It's, <laughs> it's not working.
1: <laughs> so it, this this was not even on my horizon. Nothing was. You know, I didn't have a clue.
0: Oh, it was buried pretty deep, huh?
1: And then Mary leaned over and kissed me on the cheek, which she had done before.
0: Right, classic Mary. Uh,
1: yes, and <laughs> then <laughs> and then Mary reached over and said, can I kiss you one more time?
0: Oh, okay. now she's going for it.
1: So then I turned my cheek and Mary turned my head and Mary put her lips on my lips.
0: It's the sitcom kiss where you both fake each other out.
1: And when Mary's lips hit my lips, it was like stars and rockets. And you know, it was like, wow, what right. just happened here?
0: Suddenly it all just crystallized and the things you had been thinking, but but they were so far back in your brain came right to the forefront.
1: Well, not yet.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> well Mary so had to try a little harder.
1: Mary got into bed with me.
0: Okay. Is this, if Mary, you're under 18 and listening to this, now is the time to take <laughs> up your headphones.
1: <laughs> We're so getting Mary, blue. We are, we are getting a little hot and sweaty now so <laughs> because it's summer. Mary of course. Mary gets, in, gets into bed and she says, uh, can I sort of just hug you? So I said yes. And then Mary started kissing my neck and I started feeling feelings. Mm-hmm. that I hadn't felt before. But let me just backtrack a bit. Okay. I'm, a, <laughs> what a I'm a very, I'm a very voracious reader.
0: Oh, great. So who are you reading?
1: Oh, I don't even remember now. But in a lot of the books that I read with the men I had been involved with. So I'm not a gold star You know what a gold <laughs> <stir>? <laughs> So okay,
0: I see. I see. There were people before Mary.
1: Yes. So okay. I have, I have had intimate sexual relationships with men
0: i was going to use the euphemism and say someone else had tucked you in before but hey if you want to go there
1: (laughs) well actually no they hadn't tucked me in because there was no gentleness sure and 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 no tenderness yeah and i remember distinctly saying to this lost boyfriend the first time we had had sex Mm-hmm. And he was grunting and groaning and carrying on and I'm lying there. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> oh. then, then there was intercourse. And I said, well, you know, I've read a lot of books, isn't there? Am I not supposed to feel something?
0: Yeah. <laughs> am I like, part of this
1: too? <laughs> where, where are the bells and whistles that are described in all these books? I, I felt nothing. Oh and God. he said, well, it was good for me. Wasn't it good for you? And I said, no, I, I, I said, I think you're doing something wrong. Because That's i right, you're not being feeling, misogynist and very selfish. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> feeling anything. And there'd only been one other guy before him, and it was the same thing.
0: So you thought sex was a waste of time.
1: Yeah, because I, I was getting nothing out of it. That was yeah. why I broke up with him. Right, And then so now Mary's in the bed with me and and Mary's being tender and caressing me and I'm, I'm sorry to feel things. Uh-huh. And, and then Mary kissed me again. And this was more than what the first kiss was. OK, I see. And it was like, Mary, where did you learn how to do this? Right. But Mary is Catholic, very staunch Catholic. Okay. And when Mary and I started feeling the feelings from kissing Mary. Then
0: you feel the guilt?
1: Mary. I didn't feel any guilt. I said, oh, "Oh, kiss me some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The rebel was like, let's do it. I said that. I said, Kiss, what, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she said, this, this isn't right. Something oh, no. is wrong. And we're going to burn in hell. And because the Bible said.
0: How many great sexual experiences has the Bible blocked?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So many. Right when things are getting sweaty.
1: So we had a very heavy petting and necking session. Great. And then Mary's guilt took over and Mary went back to her bedroom.
0: After all that work, poor Mary too, because she really made an effort.
1: Well, Mary made a huge impression on me because the next morning I went into Mary's room and said, I really enjoyed last night let's yeah also again
0: (laughs) how did you even were you able to fall asleep or did you just lay there all night like
1: what just happened (laughs) no I did I know it was like what happened what am I feeling where did this come from and (sighs) then I started thinking about you know oh well something just it was like something clicked
0: like your brain played that rapid fire montage of those teachers and Pearl and her pigtails and suddenly everything made sense.
1: Yes, but still I had no words for what I was feeling. Right. And then I, when I went to Mary's room the next morning and one thing led to another. Okay. And I had my first orgasm. <gasps> Ever. Ever. Then yes, but it was the first time I had ever felt that. And when I said the nuns made me queer, and I felt that orgasm, there was no going back.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my, and I love that because you're like, oh, sex is fun. Just <laughs> everyone's been doing it wrong with me.
1: Exactly. And oh it was God. more it was more than sex because yes, yes, I realized in retrospect that Mary's physical attraction to me mm-hmm. and the way she was touching me and holding my hand and kissing me on the cheek, leading mm-hmm. up to that night. And then I started feeling this, but the orgasm nailed it.
0: Yeah. Well, enough said, <laughs> but also I think too, like in a broader sense, the, the release you were able to sort of experience then not just sexually, but also like years and years of being told explicitly or implicitly that something was wrong or didn't exist or was impossible or that you were flawed. And then to get to experience that beautiful, holistic moment with, you know, Mary, queen of the the bet tuckers i mean
1: how could you go back M- M- to M- M- mary queen of <laughs> orgasm
0: <laughs> now listen now that's someone i'll pray to
1: <laughs> so that that was on the friday evening Oh my. God. saturday so my mother was coming back on monday afternoon oh no Mar- mary and i could not get enough of each other. It was like, like we've
0: got 12 hours to have as much sex as we can. It
1: was like a (laughs) brand new world had opened up for both of us. Oh my God. But what, what was sad for me, for me, it was amazing. But what Mm -hmm. was sad was Mary kept crying about how wrong this was. And girls are not supposed to feel this way about each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and this was wrong. And, you know, she was going to burn in hell. And because we had both at that point had read books. That of course, you're is,
0: only told one thing.
1: Yeah. So yeah. this is not right. And but we <laughs> we we threw caution to the winds and just went at it like rabbits.
0: Yeah. Because you knew who you were in your heart, of in your body. We knew your...
1: who we were with with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But coming up, growing up in that culture in Trinidad and also being raised Catholic and having those rigid restrictions placed on your way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So we ended up with hickeys (gasps) covered in hickeys. So my mother comes, comes home. Rookie mistake,
0: (laughs) Leslie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're both wearing (laughs) (laughs) turtlenecks.
0: And it's what, like July? Yes, (laughs) Yes,
1: <laughs> so she comes home and she says why are you both wearing turtlenecks it's so hot and we both said well we both have colds you know we have to keep yes. our necks warm." That's and right. we, we we could not stay away from each other after <sighs> that but we ended up going to the library oh to look up what is a lesbian
0: That is fascinating because even though you were experiencing something, because it was still so absent from your consciousness, you had to find some existing reference for it to feel real. Is that like I get that, but it just seems so absurd.
1: Well, you see, I hadn't even really heard the word lesbian before my mother used that word because she felt that Mary and I had been spending too much time together, even Mm. before we had become physically intimate. So she had suspected something was going on. Okay. And she said, are the two of you lesbians? And I said, well, what is a lesbian? Right. And she said, well, you better go look it up. Because if you are, that's not happening under my roof.
0: Right. So off to the library. And then when you read the the definition, did it? Were you horrified?
1: We had to go and look through um, an encyclopedia. Remember, (laughs) this is 1973.
0: You got to go look for the L and then the L-E and then pull it down and it's next to like lemmer or whatever we're
1: hiding in in the library so nobody would know what we were doing.
0: Wearing your turtlenecks.
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. But we we were very, apart from being resilient, we were very devious because we then tailored our um, schedules in school so we would both have Friday afternoons off. Oh no. And on Friday afternoons it was either my place or her place because she was living with her sister. Her sister uh-huh. was at work. My mother was at work.
0: I mean please TGIF.
1: Yes. get
0: Celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weekend baby. Oh so, my god. And
1: and and even still then it was still I was beginning to accept myself more. I mean, uh-huh. for the next three years, we scheduled everything that we did together. Oh my God. We would get on the bus. We lived close to each other. We would yeah. get on the bus together. I would go to York. She would go to Horizon. But still. So, were you,
0: did you consider yourselves in a relationship?
1: We considered, and we named it as two girls who loved each other, but we were not lesbians.
0: Okay, perfect. Perfect magical thinking.
1: Yeah. Because we were not lesbians, what we were doing was okay.
0: Right. It's, I mean, God loves their technicalities, right? Perfect.
1: And, And then... One day we were at Mary's place her sister and sister's boyfriend was supposedly out for the whole afternoon Oh no Mary Mary was very physically affectionate and there was this big glass window <sighs> looking into the courtyard and I said to Mary pull the drapes and she says oh no nobody can see us And we were necking like crazy, and lo and behold, the sister and boyfriend came home early. Oh no, what happened? And caught us and accused me of leading her sister down the path to hell.
0: Oh no, you took the hit because you're, yeah,
1: She, (sighs) she literally physically chased me out of their apartment, picked up the phone, and by the time I got to my place, which was about 10 minutes away walking. She had called my mother and said, your daughter is a lesbian and has done this to my sister.
0: And you were like, hey, let's rewind the tape. Mary came into my bed.
1: Well, (laughs) I, I, couldn't say that because yeah. i didn't want to throw mary under the bus Of
0: course, of course.
1: And so within a week of being found out, Mary was shipped back to Trinidad. No, really? Yes. Broke my heart. Oh. Broke my heart.
0: Your yeah. first real <laughs> love.
1: Yes. I uh, we I that i fell in i didn't know what love was, falling in love was until yeah. Mary.
0: Oh yeah. my god. What a What a beautiful story and a tragic ending. So did you two keep communicating or?
1: No, then I I was not allowed to call Mary. I tried calling Mary in Trinidad. I was banned. But then I found out from my friends in Trinidad that Mary was seen with other women and Mary had started drinking. Oh, no. And because Trinidad is so small, Mm-hmm. People know the license plate of the car and the car that you drive. So somebody can come up to you and say, Oh, I saw your car parked here or I saw your yeah, car. Yeah, there's no parked sneaking there.
0: around, huh? No
1: sneaking around. And we had actually, while we were together, we had gone to Trinidad together. Oh. And uh, we had stayed, I had stayed with her at her family home. She had stayed with me. And because we were just two friends, right? Of course, just two friends, you know, like to kiss each other on the neck. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As friends do, you know.
1: And kiss each other in other places we shall not talk about. (laughs)
0: Sure. And were you wearing those turtlenecks in Trinidad? Because people there would be like, you're insane.
1: No, but what happened was we learned not to be giving hickeys. Yes, yes. But what we found out was people started seeing Mary's father's car Uh. parked in places where it should not have been parked because we would sneak off and go and park so we could neck.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And then one day her father said, you know, friends have been telling me that they have been seeing the car parked Behind this hotel or behind here, like, what are you doing with the car? So, it you know, it's real- funny. I
0: used to do that with my very first boyfriend, and I went to Catholic school. But we used to sneak off in his car. Uh, this was in the States and park in like farmland, basically, and mm-hmm. listen to Sheryl Crow CDs while we made out. Mm-hmm. It was a weird time, yeah.
1: So, we did, we so that's what we were doing was making out in the car.
0: There you go, I get it.
1: And, you know, now you hear about um, those of us who used alcohol and drugs back in the day to cope with stress. Yeah. So I found out that Mary had started drinking. Mary was seen out with numerous women and I started drinking to cope with the stress of Mary being taken away from me. And at this point now, I had finished university and I was working and mary had come back to toronto to wrap up school and i said can you come and see me i was working for manulife insurance and she brought her brother with her because she didn't trust to see me just the two of us because i had said to her i have deep feelings for you yeah i realize now that i'm a lesbian and thank you for bringing me to that realization and she says please don't ever blame me for that yeah i i don't want to be blamed for something like that because i don't want you to go to hell she was so steeped in the catholicism and the guilt
0: well especially because she was sent back and it had already been a struggle for her i guess the only way she could make sense of that life again was to try and deny who she was
1: yeah oh man Yet she was but she was having relationships with women
0: Right, because she couldn't change who she was. She
1: couldn't change who she was. But one of the things when she and I were deeply involved was she said to me, I want to have children. Um, And this kind of relationship is against God's law. Okay. Because two women cannot have children. Mm. But of course, women can have children, right? Of course. But because we are told that lesbians can't have children, it never occurred to us so we could have a relationship and have a man involved and have a baby. It was so against everything. So that was another thing that split us up. So she goes back to Trinidad. She comes back to wrap up loose ends here. I get to see her for maybe 10 minutes. I thank her for putting me on the right path. And then I went to York University to the Homophile Association, because oh, that's right. the word homophile was the mm-hmm. word that was used back then. And I said, listen, I realize that I'm a lesbian and I need to find other lesbians. Point wow. me in the right direction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where the lesbians are and send me that well, way. Let me tell you,
1: I just wanted orgasms. Like, tell me where the <laughs> orgasms are.
0: <laughs> yeah, tell me where I'm gonna feel like that.
1: Yeah. So even though it broke my heart, it yeah. I thanked Mary, for for letting me, you know, access a part of myself that I didn't realize.
0: Yeah, because so there. I mean there were so many close calls there in that if mary hadn't awoken that in you who knows what would how have, much yeah. longer yeah or what situation you could have found yourself in before you got to really find who you were and it's yeah. it's so hard to have those rude awakenings i mean it was not on your terms that you came out but mm-hmm. the fact that you were shoved out of the closet like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah literally you know, yeah kicking and screaming
0: oh no, my god but what <laughs> the way you were able to spin it is uh i mean good for you and lucky. Yeah.
1: So I ended up being connected to the lesbian organization of Toronto. And the go. rest is history.
0: And that's the <laughs> yes. And the rest is history. And if you want to hear those spicy stories, you got to ask around because we are not giving them to you now. So let's recap real quick. I get a feeling you are someone who could tell delightful stories unendingly. And I wish we had more time. But we're let's circle back and see who we're going to blame. So the nuns, for Definitely sure, the nuns. The nuns, I would say, Sister Lucifer, because it's always the ones who are the strictest who send you in the other direction more. So
1: I, I have to tell you a quick story. I yeah, found please. out years later that Sister Lucifer left the convent and ended up living with a woman. Oh <laughs> yes, the yes! irony of it all.
0: <laughs> what a PS! Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so yeah, so nuns, wow, nuns did make you queer. And then yes. you went off to Toronto, and then everything was, you know, you that teacher uh, was, you know, helping out a little bit. And then in comes Mary to to tuck in that cheat, and as yep. you said, the rest is her history. Yep delicious
1: uh so leslie <laughs>
0: thank you so much that was amazing and before we say goodbye would you like to play a game sure great okay so this game is very quick it's very simple it is called queer queerer queerist,
1: queer. Queer. queerist.
0: so i'm gonna give you three things mm-hmm. you're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why
1: okay okay
0: any questions no okay great do I get,
1: do I get a prize?
0: Oh, well that has, that remains to be seen greedy. (laughs) Maybe Um, I'm just kidding. Okay. So the first thing is hybridized desserts. So for example, uh, when two desserts are combined into a new dessert, like the cronut, which is a croissant and a donut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So any, any dessert that's like a Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing on TV shows, the previously on segments. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a TV show will start and they'll say previously on Murder, She Wrote. Yes. And then they, but you have this quick recap of, oh, a parrot flew in through the window. And then those two women were wearing the same dresses and they switched places and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then the third thing is places with no clocks.
1: <laughs> like for
0: example, casinos. Uh-huh. Yeah, places where they don't want you to know what time it is. Maybe prisons. I don't know mm-hmm. if they have clocks there no they don't they don't there you go so quick recap hybridized desserts previously on segments on tv shows and places without clocks least queer to most queer and why
1: least queer, i would say previously on how come (laughs) um because it there's nothing really that's titillating <laughs> because nobody wants to know what's previously on. You want to know what's coming. Oh, you're right. We're looking to the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the second one would be places with no clocks. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Well, because they keep you in this uh, limbo zone. Where you're not really coming or going. you just they just want you to focus on on losing money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you want to get to the good stuff.
1: Yeah. And then I would say the most queer would be the cronut. The, okay. those hybridized desserts. Okay, why is that? Because to me that's enticing and intriguing. And what really is in there? And how did somebody create that? Yes. And what is, the, what is it going to do for me in terms of pleasure?
0: Oh, see, this is what I like about you and that you've wasted enough time with those dang nuns. And now you are going straight for the orgasm. And you don't have time to eat one dessert at a time. You need
1: no, your desserts combined. Yep. Me- well, since I, I do that anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like, take the good stuff from here and the good stuff in here and put it together.
1: Well, for me, life is there's so much out there that's overwhelming. Mm. And it's hard enough being queer mm. and being a queer senior where you're made to be invisible. Mm-hmm. I try to, to squeeze as much joy and fun out of life as possible.
0: And Listen, there's nothing invisible about you from the lilac walls to (laughs) your stories you tell, your sense of humor. You are uh, unmissable and a total dream. So thank you so much for sharing your stories with me, Leslie.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me, treasure.
0: (laughs) This was such a pleasure. Uh, Oh, treasure. And before I let you go, anything you want to plug, anything you want to mention?
1: Um, the Youth Elders Project.
0: Mm-hmm. How can folks check that out?
1: Uh, Buddies and Bad Times Theatre website. Yes. And Saturday, June the 18th at the Rekai Center in Toronto, we're doing a Pride Queer Seniors Intergenerational Social Event to <sighs> celebrate the lives and accomplishments of queer seniors. Uh, and it's yes. an in, in-person physical event we are getting out there and we are socializing and we're celebrating oh my god
0: isn't that going to be nice to be back in a space together
1: yes where because so so many seniors have been in lockdown especially queer seniors
0: totally yes absolutely so can folks buy tickets for that or should they just go to the website for more information
1: um you can check out the pride website it will be on there and uh it should be coming up because we're getting our promo material out now. Which you should mm-hmm. be able to find more information by the end of April. But put it in your book, Saturday, June the 18th, at Rekai, Queer Seniors Event
0: saturday june 18th get there early cozy up to leslie by the uh dessert table by the the <laughs> cronut table and try and get some more juicy stories out because you know that leslie has more you stories. just
1: never know what's gonna happen
0: <laughs> i will see you there okay thank you so much leslie
1: thank you trevor it's been a pleasure
0: pleasure was mine you take care
1: okay bye-bye queer 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 queer
0: All right, you sweet little... Pecans, that is our show. You can mail me anytime. Tell me your story of what made you queer. Shout out a guest you want to hear on the show. Anything at all. That's you made me queer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Remember the person who dunked me a couple weeks back and gave me two stars with no comment. I mean, at least show your work is what I'd say to that. And on that note, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our engineer is Mamma Mia's Finest, Sean Van Beden. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of her music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmakemequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmakemequeer. New episodes of You Make Me Queer come out every other Thursday. And from the bottom, the foundation of my big bent tart. thank you for listening. Until next time, remember... We're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?